the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, we have more details on the murder of the young man, Kevin Subnoski from Girard, Ohio. He died in a shootout at the, uh, not a shootout, he died in a gunfire uh, that he was not a part of at the Sheets gas station near the airport around two weeks ago. We'll give you the details on that. We have uh, apparently avoided uh, NATO engaging Russia in an all-out war over a bomb that hit a, mus- a missile that hit in Poland yesterday and killed two people. The initial reports were that it was a Russian missile, which of course would be a huge deal because Poland is a member of NATO and all NATO nations are compelled to defend each other and attack on one is attack on all. Uh, We'll give you the uh, strange eyebrow-raising origination of that missile and um, probably won't make you feel any better about Joe Biden being the guy who gets the wee hours of the morning call about a major incident that breaks out across the country and has to, in a split second, make a decision as to whether the U.S. will respond militarily or not. But we lead a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Woolley Show with a big announcement last night from former President Donald Trump, and he wants to be future President Donald Trump. He is running for president in 2024. He filed the paperwork, and he made an announcement last night at Miralago. I'm curious to know if you watched it, what you thought of it. Uh, my analysis of it is quite different than the analysis that I've seen so far uh, on Fox and via conservative media. And I want to make clear, first, that our number is 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. I'm not a critic of Donald Trump as president. I have only recently become inclined to criticize him for really much of anything of substance. But his fascination with the 2020 election and his refusal to let it drop, his clear ego problem with Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin and other Republican governors getting positive press, it appears that Donald Trump not only wants to be the leader of the Republican Party, but he doesn't want there to be anyone else who has even a sliver of the spotlight. I think that's unbecoming in a leader. Great leaders want to invest in other people so that they can become great leaders. Uh, This way, any organization, whether it's a business, whether it's a team, whether it is a government, is going to flourish if you, while leading people, develop other leaders who can 
multiply the successful endeavors you're engaged in as an organization. Donald Trump in demonizing, diminishing, and attacking Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin is at the very least criticizing people who I would think would be essential parts of Donald Trump's administration if he were to win a primary and become president. These are the kinds of guys I would want in my cabinet. I don't want a bunch of yes men. You know why? Because I kind of sort of right now have a template for that, and it's not working out well with fools like Jennifer Granholm in charge of energy and Alejandro Mayorkas in charge of the border and Miguel Cardonis in charge of education. Our country's a train wreck because Joe Biden has borrowed a bunch of yes men from Barack Obama's administration, does not have independent thinkers, does not have strong leaders, does not have capable people in his cabinet, and we are all suffering for it. So that's where my criticism of Donald Trump originated and why it is, to the degree that it is, as strong as it is. But I'd like to know what you thought of the speech last night, because the Here's what I here's here's number one what I would say is the shorter the better. The amount of impact that a speech has is in direct proportion to how long the speech is. Anybody want to guess how long the Gettysburg of address was? It wasn't more than 15 minutes. Okay? I don't know exactly how long uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's address was before Congress on December 7th, uh, December 8th, 1941, but it wasn't over an hour like Trump's speech last night. If the networks covered FDR's declaration of war against the Japanese, I don't think they pulled out in the middle of it to analyze it and then tell me how focused it was. No speech. That requires a network to pull out in the middle of it to analyze it is focused. Okay? It's just not. It might have been more focused than the typical Trump political rally speech. I'll listen to that. But here's the difference. When you're at the Delaware County Fairgrounds and you're speaking to admirers and you're pumping up people in the middle of the summer because... Impactful elections are coming in Congress and the Senate. You can talk for more than an hour because the people are there to see you and you got to go through why you like Mike Carey and why you like J.D. Vance and what you don't like about that. You got a lot of ground to cover. Okay. But when you're giving a speech about here's what I see in the administration since I left office. Here's what I would fix if I get back in. It shouldn't take more. Now, I, there's a lot to find fault with. I will, I will give you that. But it shouldn't take more than 20 minutes. It just should not take more than 20 minutes. I'm a big believer that any, any meeting that takes more than 15 minutes is a meeting that's too long. Here's what we need to address. Here's how we're going to address it. I'm going to put you in charge of, of figuring this out and reporting back to me. A meeting adjourned. Okay? That's my personal preference for meetings because the shorter it is, what? The more impact it has. But I thought Donald Trump got off some really effective lines. I thought he came up with some really important policies. And that's the problem is the the really important policies, the really important things he outlined, the fixes that he sees for things that have gone on since he left office, get lost 
in the fog of just constant Trump talk. He didn't go deep into election questions. He brought it up. Fine. He's obviously still and always will be and should be actually salty about having the 2020 election dotted with as much, what, mystery, intrigue, funny business, fudging. That's okay for him. I'm fine with him saying, yeah, I think it was uh, highly suspicious. Highly suspicious. Leave it there. We didn't win in court. I get it. But there were just things that were suspicious. You want to talk about it in brief when you spend more time on election reforms that you would make? That's fine, too. But he had some really strong lines that I think got lost in the verbiage that went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. But here's an example of what I mean when Donald Trump still has the ability to say powerful things to excite the partisans who support him. America's comeback starts right now. Now, he didn't step to the podium and start with that. I would have started with that. I thought that was a great line. I think it indicates that America needs a comeback. He could have started this way. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. That would have been a fine way to start, too. But when Fox pulled out, they go to Hannity because the speech came on at 9, and it went on and on and on and on and on. And Hannity who's been a big Trump supporter is in a tough spot because he doesn't want to depart from the former president because Hannity has access to Trump and he obviously knows how Trump perceives criticism of anything Trump. So he wasn't going to say anything along the lines of what my overriding impression of this was. And my overriding impression of Trump speaking was the people in the room, their invited guests, They weren't nearly as into it. The energy, the enthusiasm was not anywhere close to the level that dominated Trump press conferences, not press conferences, Trump rallies when he was running for president in 2016. Those rallies, remember, every network carried them in their entirety. Why? Because they were great TV. Why were they great TV? Because Trump had a great way of engaging with people and the response he got back. There was energy. There was enthusiasm. There was excitement. When Donald Trump spoke the old E.F. Hutton commercial, people listened. Last night when Donald Trump spoke, people kind of nodded off for long periods of time. The pace, the energy, the passion, it just wasn't the same. It was like, I see today, they're selling tickets for Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks at Ohio Stadium. Okay. I'm sure it's a great show. I'm not disparaging anyone who will buy tickets. I will tell you this. There's no way Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel will be as good in Ohio Stadium now as they would have been 30 years ago. No way. No chance. The Beach Boys now. The Stones now. You see see any of them now, you're like kind of loving them still for what they used to be. You remember the Eagles for what they used to be. You go see them now. But they're not what they used to be. I know they can still be good, but they're not what they used to be. And I'm afraid Trump isn't either. Some of the things we're going to get to today on the show include uh, what our U.S. Senate 
is ready to do our Republican U.S. Senators. They are ready to vote on the uh, Defense of Marriage Act. Now, because the Democrats are in power, uh, you know that anything that is named one way often means something else. The Build Back Better trillion-plus-dollar expenditure, um, did it build anything? Did it bring back anything from the Trump years? Is anything better? No. The Inflation Reduction Act. Joe Biden, after the midterm, said, I can't promise you that I'll be able to reduce inflation. Wait, didn't you pass the Inflation Reduction Act? Didn't you tout how transformative, how important the Inflation Reduction Act was? Yes, well, I would assume an Inflation Reduction Act would, I don't know, call me crazy, reduce inflation. Joe Biden says no. So rest assured, the Defense of Marriage Act actually denigrates and destroys what marriage really is. So we'll have the details on that. Oh, and by the way, I spent 10 minutes, 10, on hold today with a local suburban high school. I was trying to get to the high school principal. And why am I calling a high school principal? Because a concerned parent yesterday let me know that they are doing a musical at a local suburban high school called Kinky Boots. That's the name of the musical, Kinky Boots. Now, if you're like me, that might set off a teensy-weensy blaring alarm in your head. Wait a minute, Kinky Boots, that doesn't sound like that's, hmm, it's a coin of phrase, family-friendly. That doesn't sound like that's something that high school kids ought to be performing, or let's just look at it this way. If I'm the theater director at that high school, I'm going to say, hot potato, hot potato, don't need parents in here questioning me about why we're doing this musical when we have, oh, I don't know, a thousand others that have been performed over time and are considered classics and might keep me out of a jackpot. But a funny thing happened on the way to Bruce Hooley finding out about how this musical got approved by this local suburban high school. I held for 10 minutes, and then the very nice lady came on the phone and said, uh, could we call you back? Could we call you back and uh, address your concerns? And I'm like, sure. I got an hour before I go on the air. Call me back. Shockingly. Shockingly, nobody called me back. Now, I want to pose an alternate scenario to you. Do you think if I called a local suburban high school that was performing, oh, I don't know, Oklahoma or Sound of Music or Greece or uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, anything like that? Do you think do you think the principal would come on the phone right away and say, yeah, the performance is this weekend. Tell all your listeners to come. We'd love to have them. Or do you think he would need 10 minutes to hope I go away on hold, which I obviously did not, and another hour to get his ducks in the row about how we're going to explain this to the nosy local talk show host who is now going to explain to our parents why we're sending junior high kids during the school day to a performance of Kinky Boots. I think that principal would come on the phone right away if they were doing a princip- uh, a musical that wasn't named Kinky Boots. So we'll get to that in hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show today. But first, be on the lookout for 18-year-old Taiwan Sullivan of the Northland area. He is the second, and I hope not last, person charged in the murder of Kevin Sobnoski. 21-year-old from Girard, model kid, Full academic scholarship to Youngstown State, honor student, deeply involved in his Catholic parish. 
Kevin Sobnowski's crime was filling up his car with gas at the Sheets gas station. Sunday, the first person indicted, charged in the murder of Kevin Sobnowski, Kamirian Malachi Demetrius Ross, surrendered to authorities downtown. Now they're looking for 18-year-old Taiwan Sullivan. Two 18-year-olds charged in this. So we now get finally, because there have been conflicting reports, was Sobnowski actually outside the car filling up with gas? Was he on his way into the Sheets gas station to get some food? Was he just driving by on Sullivan Avenue and random gunfire struck him? Uh, now detectives say Sobnowski and three friends were driving on Cassidy Avenue when they pulled into the Sheets gas station and were immediately struck by gunfire from Two groups, that's why there are 12 persons of interest, all of them black youth. Two groups who were firing at each other. So the bullet was not meant for Sebnowski. It doesn't make it him any less of a victim, and it doesn't absolve these two criminals of their conduct. So they're looking for 18-year-old Taiwan Sullivan. And as I've said, mark my words, He's going to have car theft in his background. He's going to have weapons charges in his background. And you're going to say, why was this kid out on the street? And the reason he's out on the street is because we have juvenile court judges who say that kids who steal cars shouldn't be in jail because it's racist to put them in jail. And because we have municipal court judges like John O'Grady who wouldn't wait for certain typically uh, engaged in police work to occur wouldn't hold these dangerous individuals in lockup until the requisite testing came back and their previous brushes with the law. Instead, he let them out on the street, and they murdered a perfectly innocent kid from Northeast Ohio. Now, back to Trump's speech last night. I've likened it to watching a once-great rock band. Still have fond thoughts. Billy Joel, yeah, you remember listening to him way back when. Billy Joel, the Beach Boys, the Eagles, the Stones, right? You name it, great times, takes you back to your youth. That's what Trump reminded me of last night. Or another analogy, do you remember Jerry Rice in a Seattle Seahawks uniform? Do you remember Emmett Smith in a Cardinals uniform? Do you remember Adam Foote in a Blue Jackets uniform? It pained Colorado Avalanche fans. To see Adam Foote in a Blue Jackets uniform. Or Red Wings fans to see Sergei Fedorov in a Blue Jackets jersey. Great players in their day. Awesome on top of their game. Late in their career, not so much. Once in a while, still really good. But they lost a little bit off their fastball. So Trump is still really good at times. I mean, some of the things he says, I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like this. This was one of the best... Lines he got, well, we'll play it for you after the break. Sorry I lost track of the clock. But safe to say, one of the worst things about COVID, and there's a long list of bad things about COVID, is that it has compromised our military preparedness. And that the people who have the most patriotism, who have set aside their own lives to serve our country, have instead been demonized by the Biden administration. Trump has a solution to that, and we will play it for you next. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.